So hello and welcome to episode 4 of the Southcast for this season with myself, Glenn Price. And I'm not joined by Ollie, as we said last week. He is on holiday in Rhodes this week. So I am here with my brother Mike. Hello. And once again, like the end of last season, my dad as well. Also, also Mike again. We, we went over how confusing that is last time, didn't we? So yeah, we, we're having a bit of a Price podcast again. Unfortunately, we won't be able to get mum in at the end of this one, Dad, because she's not here, will she? So we won't be able to ask her about Sean Wally for once. But um, yeah, we're here sort of to cover what's gone on this week, really. There's been a one signing, no departures. Um, some news about squad numbers. Me and you, me and you, me and my brother Mike uh, went to the open day yesterday, which was yep. interesting. We'll have a chat about that, and then obviously we've got the two games that we had, um, which is Shrewsbury versus Newport and Shrewsbury versus Villa. So um, yeah, lots to cover, I suppose, this week. I, I, I don't know. I mean, in general, we haven't won yet, Mike. Are you slightly concerned by that? We scored a goal yet? <laughs> Mind haven't won. Um, yeah, it's sort of tail of two hours, I think, with those games, which we'll probably get into. But yes. yeah, yeah. But all in all, you've been to both these games this week, Dad, haven't you? So you've got a bit of a view on both of them and, and yeah. you know, encouraging I'm, signs as, as an overall. I've learned a lot, but I am quietly excited about this season, seeing all the new players. I think some of, some of them are okay. Good. Um, so I think we'll, we'll have a good season. Yeah, it's good. And one of the most difficult things at the start of the season is everyone learning everyone's names and who's yeah. who. And we've had two games to get used to that now. So hopefully we don't make any horrendous errors. But um, yeah, we've got a fair bit to cover, so we'll uh, crack on. I'm sad indeed for Ipswich, but who I'm sure, despite their own problems this season, would have been the first to congratulate Graham Turner and his team on that splendid result. So we're going to start off this podcast uh, just looking at the change of the squad, really. Um, and there's only been one this week, which was the signing of Luke McCormack from Chelsea. Um, for anyone who hasn't caught up yet, obviously he did play today, but he was a Chelsea uh, youth player. Um, not one of the ones they've been sending out on loan too much, which is interesting. I think he had quite a bad injury, but is someone that they very highly rate because when he came out on loan with us, he actually signed a new three-year deal with Chelsea. So he's not someone they're probably look, looking to get rid of. I think that... Like Lampard's in there as a new manager now he must probably maybe Mike expecting him to maybe get a good year here like Greg Doherty just has and maybe push to get in a team later I don't know yeah I think they've got to they've got to take more care of their youth prospects I think now with the transfer embargo they're under so I think um, they're keen to get him out and get him some games with an eye on him hopefully joining their first team at some point I presume yeah and Daddy hasn't played much football to be fair I don't know, you know probably don't know too much about it but he's played in their sort of um, UEFA youth league football for Chelsea which is probably a decent standard I imagine but um we're hoping to choose Town really that he comes in and, and can be the sort of lone player that's a Greg Doherty or, or, or Ben Godfrey where we can actually help them elevate their career really Impressed already with his stature and his fitness. He looks a, a real handy player. He looks a handful to handle in midfield. So, mm. and that's where we're short this year. So, I think he'll be a good ex, good player for us this year. And to be fair, the guy that recommended him to uh, Sam Ricketts was Joe Cole. And if he knows right. a midfielder, yeah. then you know he's pretty. <laughs> as long as he's got a better injury record, we should be all right. I think. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Well, if he's got a bad injury record, he'll fit in our midfield pretty well. Yeah, actually, so, yeah. Um, there's that. But we're going to talk a bit more about Luke McCormick and his, and his sort of style of play, really, when we come mm. to talk about the Villa game, because obviously he made his debut today. So um, we'll come back on to him. And as I said, no departures this week, really. So that makes that easy. But um, there was some news, really, this week, which is when we announced the squad numbers. And sometimes you can read a little bit into it. You sort of look at who's got the 1 to 11 numbers. Maybe that's not as important as it used to be in your day, Dad, when, you know, that was pretty obvious who was going to be starting every week I guess yeah it is Andy though if the first game of the season <laughs> even the friendly they had the names on the back of the shirts <laughs> yes. I mean without this this team sheet in front of me I wouldn't have a clue with <laughs> that's fine but um, yeah I suppose the, the one I, th- I think the one obvious thing that we looked at Mike was there's no number nine and I think mm, having yeah. watched these first two games this season possibly we, we're, we are expecting another striker in aren't we yeah again I go back to my original point we haven't scored a goal yet so <laughs> a number nine you could put the ball in the net it'd be good but I think this, you know we'll get to the games, but the service hasn't been great. But no. yeah, we've only really got three recognised strikers in the squad. With it looks like Issa and Wally chipping in, playing up the head. Mm. But I'd like four strikers to rotate around the season. So you know, two targets: Udo, Morrison, 
two goal scorers, Faye and one other. Yeah, yeah. we'll come to the Villa game where Wally's obviously played up front again, and then that's possibly what we're doing at the moment because we haven't got that four striker in. But yeah. it's something to see what happens down the line. Um, and I suppose the other, the last thing about it really was the one player that didn't get a, a squad number, which was Anthony Grant. And then you know, there's a bit more. Obviously, we've been told he had dental issues, which a lot of people don't believe. But there we go. Um, but now that he's been not, do you given, say mental or dental? Dental. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so because he didn't get a number obviously the club had to then make a statement as to why he's not got a number now and they've said well, he's been sent to train with the youth team for the season which is what the BBC said don't think that's true I think they'll want to move him on before that yeah. and as a result we haven't given him a squad number um, it's an interesting state to be in because we're going to probably talk a little bit about what our midfield looks like because of the injuries mm-hmm. yet we've got an Anthony Grant type player who, who probably would walk into the team uh, yeah yeah, currently he would walk into the team. He would. Yeah. I, I had my frustrations with him towards the end of the season in the way that he slowed the team down a bit. But certainly he's a step above a Brad Walker or a Vince a lot. Mm. Um, but there's got to be something happening because we, we extended his contract not two months ago. Yeah. At his own request. Yeah. But, you know, to go from that to him being bummed out to the youths and essentially being told to get lost is, is quite a turnaround. I don't think it's all down to his dentist, so there must be something <laughs> else happening. I think the end of last season, he was tired. I think the age caught up with him, and that's why he was making so many mistakes. And he then, at the beginning of the season, he was a class player. Mm. You could see it when he was holding the ball up. Distribution was good, mm. but back end, he got really tired. And and, Grant, and Ricketts has always said he wants runners. He wants runners, and we're mm. starting to see that in these teams this week. There's been a lot of running. You know, they, we can't really judge the fitness yet until ten games in and see if they're still running that hard. But it looks like they're they're getting there with their fitness, yeah. and um, you know. It's, it's interesting because you're going to take a viewpoint. If you say something's being kept in-house, we don't know as fans whether Grant's pushing for a move or the football club are, or a football club are trying to push him out. I have my view on it. I think the football club probably don't want him for various reasons, probably good footballing reasons, um, and are trying to force him out. And so it's caused a bit of a conflict. But, you know, people will believe that, you know, Grant is trying to force a move and he's the one in the wrong. So It's a funny way. It's not, it's not quite been kept in-house. Because mm. they, it's almost like it's been kept in the shed. It's not quite in the house. because they, <laughs> They've admitted that something is, is the matter. And that he's going to be out with the use, but they haven't come out and given the full story. So it's it's kind of in between, you know, in mm. between in between explanations, which is kind of a weird place to be. But I guess there must be reasons why they can't divulge a lot of it. But then you end up with this situation where we sit around a table going, I wonder what he's been up to. You know, what's he been doing? So you know, it's... and and we're not the only ones doing it. You know, we're no. sitting around here talking about because it it's a podcast. But you can imagine every pub today, people are talking yeah, about. Yeah. Grant, you know, you can imagine there were there, was, there people... were people talking about him at the at the um, the fan day yesterday, weren't and there? Ledlow, and Ledlow. So I was looking for his autograph. He wasn't there. Believe <laughs> yeah, it. he wasn't yeah. there. But it, you know, and there was things written on the BBC website that were a bit scurrilous about Grant, and it doesn't help the whole situation because the. Football club and Grant come out of it looking like they've both been up to something that's not on, and yeah. it damages both people's reputation. Really, so the, the best thing for football club that is obviously to get him to move on as soon as possible. I think just looking his autobiography when he'll come out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's keep that keeping it quiet for that. Good chapter that. Yeah. Keeping all the good stories back. That's Last what the, chapter. That's what all the best autobiographies do. So. That, that talk sort of covers us for, I think, what we're going to talk about in terms of squad news. Um, and we'll probably move on just now to the first game, really, this week before we have a break halfway through. Um, so, obviously, on, on Wednesday night, we travelled down to Ludlow um, and played our first pre-season game in shoot in, in England. We'd obviously played one out against Sheffield Wednesday that we covered. Um, and Ollie came. We all went, didn't we? And yep. Ollie, Ollie was there as well. We all sort of stood by each other. And um, Ollie did want to record some stuff at the game. Um, so, I'm going to play in the audio that myself and Ollie recorded at the match. So we were in Ludlow, just arrived, haven't we, Ollie? Bill? Been here about an hour, had a burger and some chips, so that's the main bit of the day done. But um, yeah, here to watch Shrewsbury's first sort of open pre-season game in England. So um, I think we probably could have guessed the team, Ollie, because there's quite a few injuries in there. But it's going to be good to see some of these first, some of these players for the first time, really. Yeah, no, yeah, it should be good. Obviously, we've got a few, few, few new players in the starting lineup. Mm. So the team is a Lyrian goal. We've got Pierre, 
Eubanks, Landor, Beckles in central defence. Giles to play left wing back. We think Barnett's <laughs> going to play on the right wing back. Yep. Um, Walker, Vince Lott and Roland in midfield um, with Morrison and Ockenberry up front. So, yeah, should be an interesting team. Who are you, who are you looking, who's looking forward to seeing play? Before I got here, I would have said Ryan Giles. I think I said that podcast last week. But we've just been standing pre-match talking to uh, James Roland's dad. And he seems like a really nice bloke and very positive about things. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Roland, really, for the first time. in, in sort of, I, don't, I don't really normally go to check trade games, do I? So I've not seen as much of him as probably you have. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him, actually. Yeah, he was really good in the Port Vale game. And he's well, the player that I thought, you know... For me, it's the hope for the season. It'd be nice to see a youth player come through. So, yeah, yeah it'd be good to see him do really well. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, obviously, Pierre and Ebanks Landall and all the signings, really, just to get a measure of what they're like. Yeah, Morrison as well. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, Morrison should be good. Yeah, a bit of, see if he's a bit of a handful. And, obviously, this will be a decent test. You've obviously got Newport County brought a strong squad here as well. And it's a fair crowd, isn't there? It's starting to fill up. So, it's, it should be a good occasion. I'm quite looking forward to it. Yeah, the pitch is really nice. Had a nice beer. So yeah, looking forward to this. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll come back at half time. So it's nil-nil at half-time. Glenn, what do you make of the first half? Um, yeah, pretty normal pre-season fair one at Ollie with, uh, I suppose, uh, some players struggling to get into it and some players sort of shining and, and looking a little bit better. So I'm not really expecting any, anything more than that, really. But, um, yeah, been a few concerning moments, wasn't there, for, for us almost conceding, but also some nice players as well. So, yeah, gen- generally pre-season fairish. Yeah, I'd say there's some positives. I thought Barnett was all right, put a few decent balls in. Mm. Giles is definitely the player that's been kind of catching the eye so far. For me, the central defence looked really solid. Yeah, that's the three that stood out for me. I think I called them sort of the stars of the first half, but the, the three of them look really imposing, powerful. Ebanks Landell's got a good little bit of distribution by the look of it. Um, Beckles oh, that, looks... ball, that ball he plays to Giles. Yes. Basically, he's, got the, he's, central, he's in central midfield, switches the ball to Giles. Giles comes running on, takes the ball in his absolute stride, mm. does the fullback, gets the ball in the box. Really, really good attacking intent. That's going to be a good outlet, isn't it? And then Beckles always looks way better in a three. It kind of covers some of his deficiencies as well. So, yeah, they look, they look really good. I can't see Waterfall getting the team if they keep playing to that standard. So, there's a positive to take from the first half, Ollie. Yeah, definitely. There's a, f- a few, a few concerns. Central midfield looks a bit of a concern. Oh, we, man. we central midfielders don't seem to want the ball, and bless Walker, the game seemed to kind of get away from him, and he was getting a bit of jip. And there's a, yeah, he's said to say that Morrison um, doesn't um, doesn't hide his feelings. He was quite clear, quite quick to and clear to kind of share his frustration. Yeah, he's been given the captain's armband tonight as well. So presumably, first chance in front of his fans to show his captaincy material. He's going to want to put a sort of foot down on things like. That. But Walker was was dire. I'm happy to say that he his passing wasn't very good. He didn't get out, and it wasn't just. Morrison that was sort of lamenting how he played but it's pre-season you can't be too harsh on the lad um, Vince Lott didn't impress either and, and Roland on the other hand was probably the most impressive of the three some good tricks and start of the, sort of under the first half there he almost got in and, and provided a goal so yeah a bit of a mixed bag in the midfield but we, we said in the podcast last, last week Ollie obviously the injuries are going to hamper us and to me it's crying out for, a, for a, um, a new central midfielder of some type and sadly the worst thing about it is, is Grant would walk into this team at the moment and we know that's not going to happen so it, it's interesting times. Yeah, I think having Norburn would make a massive difference in central field. Obviously, Lauren yeah. as well, um, Edwards. Um, so we're missing quite a few central fielders, but that's definitely the focus area. And if Ricketts wants wanted problems, he's definitely got some to work on at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, we'll, we'll be making a lot of subs now at half time, so we'll get to see a few more different players. We'll probably see Barnett midfield, maybe Wally. Um, East is on the bench, and we'll probably see Rashawn. So yeah, it'll be some some different things to look at. Um, Max O'Leary looked good. We should mention that as well. Made made a couple of little spills, but general quite positive and really vocal, which is what you like to see in a goal keeper so that was that was a good thing to see yeah if he gets his mistakes out of him out of him now that's fine 
Yeah, I'd say there's one bit where he got the ball and he played the ball over a chipped over defender, which reminded me a little bit of Henderson in terms of his distribution, yeah, which is yeah. a bit of something to look forward to. And he didn't keep the ball out of place, so that's a positive. So, yeah, it's definitely some positives. It's definitely pre season, pitch is very hard. Um, and yeah, it's quite interesting always hearing the players um, being quite vocal as well. So, yeah, half time, nil nil. Um, Newport, I'd say, probably better overall in yeah. terms of distribution. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what we do at half time and how we, how we play differently in the second half. Good stuff, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, full time, back in the car, um, Newport 1, Shrewsbury 0, um, we hoped to kind of see a goal, didn't quite happen, um, Issa had a chance, didn't he, well he fired over and mm. had that chance when he could have squared it oh. to Worley, Worley had a chance and a few scuffs, but yeah, we didn't really, nice to have seen a goal. Yeah, it would have been nice to see a goal or more than one or two chances. It was a bit of um, an interesting game all in all. We were we were poor in the first half and I don't think we were much better in the second half, but we did improve, particularly in midfield. Some of the players who played rough in the first half probably up their game a little bit. Walken deserved some credit. He got better as it went on. But you can't really say anything other than we probably got outplayed for the most part by, by Newport County or a League 2 team and they brought a lot of kids on in the second half it was a war on and we still didn't seem to break them down as much as possible yeah it, weird, weird little game pre-season you can't worry too much about it but some, some, some worrying signs around midfield for me yeah, midfield's definitely a concern. Um, lots to work on. It's hard in it when you've got like Laurent, Norburn, yeah. two key two key midfielders missing. Um, Grant's obviously not going to be playing for us. Um, <laughs> Edwards on his way back. We've got quite a few players injured because we've got um, um, Nor- um, Goldburn coming back from injury as well. So there's quite a few injuries players. I would hope that we're going to get maybe a couple of players, maybe some central fielders and. You know, a couple more players on loan. Would you hope? Uh, yeah, I think I think that tonight has shown that we're a little bit thin on the ground in some places, and there's still some work to do. Obviously, we didn't give the number nine out, so you think a striker is probably one of those that's coming in. But I don't know. I mean, in terms of tonight, though, Donald Love made his debut. Ollie, you were reasonably impressed with him, weren't you, in the second half? Yeah, he seemed all right. Um, I think he obviously needs to get back into kind of like you know, game fitness and stuff, but he seemed all right. Mm. Um, Ado- Adoy impressed, didn't he? He's a really good player, as Mark Elliott said, and we covered on the on the podcast when we signed him. He really just put his body about. He's not massive, but he uses his strength and he seems quite smart. He makes lots of runs into channels, which, which Wally and, and Donald Luck were finding, which was encouraging. So there was some some positives there. Yeah, I, I liked it though. I thought he was really good second half and in, he kept defenders having to think and do something, which is what we really needed in that second half to try and get us a, a foot in the game. I mean, you know, their goal was, we should really talk about that. I mean, Waterfall yeah. came on and we, we conceded pretty much straight away, but I, I haven't seen it. You know, we were down the other end. We'd have to see that on a replay to see how much he was involved in that. But it seemed that they got round love a little bit easy and then there was no centre-backs in the middle and some guy just passed it in. But Waterfall was back to his usual comedy best at times. There was a lot of laughing around me. And it is interesting that the reputation he still has from last season that he clearly hasn't shook off from, you know, looking at what the hardcore was sort of like around us tonight. So... And, and having watched how good the, the three centre-backs were in the first half, I certainly think that he he, he is going to be really struggling to get a first-team place this season, I think. Yeah, I don't expect him to first choice. I think the back three were really solid. Brilliant, yeah. um, a lot of, always, I like going to pre-season games because you kind of get a different vibe. I mean, also hear the, the talking, don't you? And hear a lot. Yep. You can hear the yep. vocals. It's a bit of laughter with their um, their number seven when he tripped, <laughs> when he tripped with our players. And there's obviously that, that pre-season kind of vibe. But, yeah, interesting to see the players. I'm, I'm sure... Um, you know, lots of things for the manager and the team to work on, and you kind of expect that. You kind of want to see some things to work on in preseason. If it goes too well, you know, it, yeah. it potentially means you know you're going to find those issues and stuff when you get into real league games. But yeah, I think I think the team will hope. I'd hope that the team's going to be quite different on that first game of the season. 
Eric is going to worry about that. He's not going to get panicking about what that result or even the performance, in all honesty. You know, he had a good challenge. We lost 1 0. That, that can happen, I suppose. I mean, all I think it's done is, as, as we've just said then, is it's opened up the obvious um, view of our midfield and, and some of the limitations that the, the restriction in players that we have is going to co- cause us. Um, and I think it might also be the sort of thing where we look at the second half, we're playing Wally and Issa up front. So clearly we need another choice of a, of a striker up front as well. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's those room to improve. And, and I certainly expect us to play better against Villa on our home pitch on a better pitch pitch was a bit hard um, I expect us to put a better performance in but if we if we played like that we'd get smashed by Villa but I expect us to up our level um, and, and who knows we'll be back in, in, in the mix by that game so yeah it, it was a nice night out Ollie had some drinks had some food good good evening in yeah. London yeah well, only final point really was just we haven't covered um, 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 the goalkeeper came on Yes, Cam Gregory. Yeah, I mean, he looked solid enough, didn't he? With yeah, things, yeah, made he a good save. Yeah, he didn't concede, did he? It was a Max O'Leary that conceded. Um, but yeah, it's just not. And it was nice to see. It was still nice to see the young lads, Barnett, Roland, and Cam Gregory playing, wasn't it? In a in a game like that preseason, I, I'm utterly convinced after tonight that there's no way we should be loaning out Roland until um, some of our midfielders come back fit because he, he does certainly look like the most attacking and creative of the midfielders that are left that are currently fit. And it would be, I think, it would be foolish to let him go at the moment. So I'm, I'm hoping we keep him involved. To be honest. Yeah, cool. So, yeah, thanks, Glenn, and yeah. Safe trip home, Ollie. Cheers, mate. <laughs> right So, yeah, I think that gives a, a general viewpoint of the game from, from myself and Ollie there, really. Um, it's always good to do these things at the game. I quite like listening to sort of fans chatting in the background while we're doing it, so hopefully, hopefully everybody enjoyed that audio. But, really, you haven't had a chance to contribute really on this one, um, my guests here. So, I was going to ask you, really, first of all, Mike, about going to Ludlow and the venue. I mean, you know, it was really good... To, it, it, we're not playing a home net game technically uh, away from Shrewsbury in my time I can mm. remember so do you think it's a good idea sort of mixing it up and, and maybe taking it down to people in the south of Shropshire I, I really liked it yeah. um, I'm not really a big pre-season guy so being on the pre-season pod's a bit weird but <laughs> yeah. um, I usually like to go to one pre-season game a season I'd probably go at home against the, the, the premiership team or the, or the biggest club that we get down yeah. but the novelty of a, of a Wednesday night in Ludlow um, I, it kind of appealed to me. They had a little, you know, they had a bar on that outside. So we, us, us tripping down there, it wasn't too far away. I, I really enjoyed it. I'd, I'd encourage that if we, as I understand it, run that facility. We, the, the the community team run the facility there. Then yeah, like a, like having one friendly there a year seems like a really good idea. I think yeah, it's good. And you were really you've not you know you've lived in Shropshire most of your life now, Dad, and you've never been to the Ludlow Stadium before. I've never been there. Really impressed. And our lads and dads' night was a real interesting night because <laughs> the surroundings were beautiful. You sit on the ground and you looked up, the hills were all wooded. It was a real beautiful place to go and play football. And it was impressive how many kids were playing that night on the artificial pitches. Um, And I met an ex-BT engineer who was there with his lad from Bishop's Castle. He'd come down and uh, there was loads of kids from over that way. And they they all want to get into that centre of excellence to feed into Shrewsbury, which mm. is great. No, I think it's good. It does give us a definite... And, and I've, I've talked to Jamie and, and some of the other guys that would be on the sports panel, and the plan is to bring a, a North Shropshire facility like that somewhere mm. as well, to yeah, kind of bring idea. in the Whitchurch and maybe South South Cheshire and, and sort, of, sort of Welsh fringes as well. And it gives... You know, it's like what big clubs do, isn't it? They set themselves mm. up a little bit outside their core area and try and bring in that talent, which yeah. which we need to start doing if we're going to you know move up and stop our best young players getting installed by the club. So it, it was really good. I say, good bar, Dad. Good food. Great bar, good food. 
food, nice yeah. chips. So you couldn't fault it. Yeah, you couldn't. It was a really nice night out, and um, and a good so, turnout of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was like a thousand odd fans there, which is brilliant for a Wednesday night uh, when we weren't at home. So plus two stood on the side of the A forty nine. You didn't want to pay to get in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did think you'd have to be pretty desperate to stand on the side of the A forty nine to watch a game of football you could get into, which only cost a fiver, to be honest with you. But yeah, although um, somebody told me it was just a slip road off the A forty nine. Oh, okay, there you so go. Play. So it, it, that was the venue, really. I suppose the other thing, just quickly, worth talking about is we bumped into someone. Well, we, we sort of got talking to someone as we went in, didn't we? It was worth mentioning, really, which is James Rowland's dad. I think you, you probably had the biggest chat with him, Dad. Yeah, I just got... I said, who's that young kid there, a school kid that just come on? He said, hey, before you say anything, that's my, that's my lad, and he's 17. I said, all right, he doesn't look like he's had a nappy yet. <laughs> and then we got having a good chat, and uh, he, he's, he's progressed through football, and... Uh, all centre of excellence as he's been, and he's, yeah. uh, he's a good lad, and he and he played well on the night. To be fair, yeah, so. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the players that stood out in a minute. I think probably one of you are mentioning, but it's, it's just you know sometimes we, especially on a podcast, we kind of de, de, de distance ourselves from the players really and forget about the family and the mm. human environment they're in. It was really good. I thought it was really nice to speak to the bloke um, and talk yeah. to him about, about his progression and what he wants for him, and, and you know you can see how driven the dad was for him to do well as well, Mike. Yeah. You know, it was it was brilliant, really. Wasn't and he it? was he was really enthusiastic about the. The setup that we've got yes, at the youth system. He said he'd been at West Brom. He kind of, I think he said he got pushed out of there because they thought he was too small. Mm. Um, and so he had a few options, and he came to Shrewsbury because the setup that they've got and the training facilities and the way there's a path to the first team. And he he, admit, he said it'd come a bit earlier than they thought it had, but yeah. um, he'd had a great time on the Portugal trip and his you know his running stats and his fitness stats were some of the highest in the squad. And you know that showed out on the night. Um, and I, I thought he played really well, and I think he played. You know, you could see the energy in him when he came on today as well. So, um, yeah, potential. He, actually, I was talking to him and I said, what kind of midfielder is he? And he said, oh, he's, he's good pass with the ball. He's got a great engine on him. Doesn't score many. And I said, does he score many goals? And he said, not really. Not really. So I said, oh, good comparison, Ryan Woods. And he said, that's essentially the comparison most people make to him. Right. Is, okay. is uh, That's the kind of player that he is, which on the evidence of the two pre-season games, it's something that we're actually quite missing in the yeah, squad. So, it's yeah, it's true. I, I mean, I, we'll come to the, the sort of fan day, but I bumped into John Pitts, and we've been talking about this on the way back, about how with the midfield as it is at the moment, I think I'd be loathe to let him go out on loan, because mm. his dad was saying, maybe he'll go out on loan, who knows, it might be something for him, it's maybe come a bit too early. But for me, he does offer something that not many of those other midfielders have got at the moment, so yeah. it'd, it'd be silly to get rid of him at the moment. I think he definitely needs to be involved in the first team. And, yeah. and we're not just saying this because we met his dad, we, we judged his <laughs> no, performance as well, okay. but it, I think he's having a little bit of a breakthrough, Roland. Is how I'll sort of summarise it because a few people have seen him in the Czech trade games, yeah, but they're pretty poorly sort of attended. I get, the, he's, he sort of seems to have stepped up his rep- reputation within the squad now, and yeah. it's maybe more. It's, of a it's how he can handle it against a thirty-two-year-old, you know, ex-championship yes. central midfield. You know, if he comes up against a catamult type, what's that competition going to be like? And and I guess that's that's the, the judgment for him whether he's going to compete much this season or whether he needs to go out and get a conference game yeah. before he comes back in. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see. Well, we gave his dad a thumbs about the car windows we were leaving, yeah. weren't we? So that, that was nice. nice but he wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't a new player. He's obviously someone that's been in the youth team that we've seen for the first time. But there was a lot of new players started in that game that obviously mm. me and Ollie covered a little bit. But just running through it quickly off the top of my head, we had O'Leary, Love, um, Lee Banks-Landell, Pierre, Giles... Um, we hadn't seen Brad Walker before, um, and we hadn't seen Steve Morrison, of, of the ones that generally started and played the most of the game. So just for you, Dallas Bowes, who stood out at that Ludlow game the most for you of the new players? The keeper. Yeah. I mean, he was, a, he was a class act then, and he's a class act today, so it's hard to say on a game like that. Newport mm. come there, and they're a good side. They, they proved that last year, yeah, and yeah. they give us a good, a good game, and they deserve to win it, actually. Mm. Bad mistake at the back, but... Uh, just to keep us to date on that night. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. What about you, Mike? Any of the, the new players? Uh, I like the look of Aaron Pierre. Yeah. He seems quite... Um, he's, he's quite a proactive defender. He goes and gets the ball and he's quite strong in the tackle. So I liked him and I liked Udo when he came on. I thought he was really direct and, and physical. 
Uh, and, he, and he certainly occupied the Newport back line a lot more than Morrison or Ockenbehera did in the, in the first half. So, yeah, I like the look of him as well. Yeah, it was good. And we, we, we did notice, obviously, it wasn't a great result for us. We lost 1-0 and, and say a League 2 team dominated us in midfield. I think that was probably the, one yeah. of the problems about the yeah. whole game. And one of the players that did, you know, none, none of the, I think we've just discussed Roland being the best of the midfielders we've got in terms of that game at Ludlow. Mm-hmm. I think me and Ollie mentioned that in our audio. But Brad Walker seemed to not have a particularly good game, like, did he? God, yeah. Um, I, I turned to somebody at one point and said... I was a bit disappointed not to be aware of the competition he won to get a game that night oh, no. because he did look like he looked a fish out of water. I think he's probably nervous on his debut. Yeah, and, I think so. And, and and just sort of trying to settle in. But he seemed to dwell on the ball a bit, get caught out. And then when we, when somebody else was looking for a pass, he just didn't seem to be available. Mm. So, um, you know, he's, he's growing into it. He was, he was slightly better today, I thought. Yep. Um, so maybe there's something more there, hopefully. But yeah, it wasn't... I can remember saying bad things about Anthony Grant's debut as well. True enough. He played like he had a hangover. True so, enough. Yeah. You know, it's one game. We'll see how he progresses. Yeah, I think the pace of the game as, as it's for him. So the step up has been a bit uh, of a shock. Mm. And, but I, th- I think it'll take him a few games to get used to the pace. Yeah. Because again today he was turning on the ball and blokes were taking it off him. Yeah. He'll get there. I think he's a big lad and he's he looks fit enough. He's just a bit slow in his thinking. Mm. And it certainly seemed to see that everyone was. Happy to give him constructive criticism over the last two games. So he's, yeah. he's certainly getting lots of instruction. Steve, Mo- Steve Morrison's given us some personal <laughs> tuition, I think. Oh, of it. man alive. So, yeah, that was, so that was the end of the first game this week, really. Ludlow game. And, and uh, yeah, not, not a great result. But I say, Ricketts came out at the end of it. I'm not going to run through his comments in detail this week because Ollie does all that sort of preparation. And yeah. we've, we've obviously only just had a game today that's finished. So, um, But, I, you know, generally, generally he was quite pleased to get the, the work out. And he wanted a challenge. And it certainly was a challenge for him. So um, that was that game, really. So, yeah, we'll leave that game there. And we'll move on to talking about this weekend. There's the header! And exact duels. Who scores for Shrewsbury Town? So this weekend started uh, quite a busy one, wasn't it? Um, with the Open Day on Saturday, which we missed last year. There wasn't an Open Day, which I think is a, is a, is a shame for the football club. It, it does open up the football club and, and particularly the players, the manager, to the fans in an environment that you probably don't get then for the rest of the mm. season until you get the end of season awards, where you finally you know can spend a bit of time in a room with them again. I think to a lot of fans that's quite important, but. Um, you don't normally go to open days, Mike, do you? I've, no. I've, I've gone to a few. I've worked for the Sports Parliament and, and Blue and Amber and done different bits over the years. But um, this was, for me, a very different open day that basically Shrewsbury Town threw the doors open mm. um, and allowed people in everywhere as far as I'm concerned. We were walking through the away end at one one point and a man was walking in the direction. He just opened a door into the concourse serving area where they serve the food. I was like, not really sure you're supposed to go in there, <laughs> mate. But um, anyway, but certainly all doors were open. Um, and yeah, I don't know. What what your general thoughts on the event, Mike, really? haven't been there. Well, first of all, Really well attended. Yep. Um, I was quite surprised how many people were there. Loads of kids, which is brilliant. The, the youth engagement with lower league football is difficult at the best of times. So getting them hooked early, getting them in, meeting their heroes. Um, I love the thing about being able to get kids on the bus and yes. getting them in the changing room. Even going up in Roland's suite, yeah. standing behind the velvet rope and looking at the, <laughs> uh, the, the trophy cabinet. Um, I thought it was a brilliant day, really well organised. I really liked the, the way that they had all the players sat in sort of that U-shape uh, of tables so that the kids would queue up join one end and they would get a signature and meet every single member of the squad yep. apart from Anthony Grant um, <laughs> and, and I thought it was brilliant because I think uh, at previous open days in the passion of Gay Meadow days the, the, the players would be there but sort of milling around um, in their own little groups yeah. and, and, and sometimes kids can be a bit shy to approach them mm. but that, that formalised setting meant that every child there can say that they met the entire squad, they had the opportunity to have a little chat with them, and I thought the players seemed to be really engaging well. They had a, a couple of great chats with your little lad, hmm. um, and I, I, you know, I, I couldn't knock it really. And there was a little 
bunch of Castleth, the little kids and stuff. So they, they seem to think it through. Yeah, there was, and there was yeah. stuff going on we never got around to doing. There was a lot of stuff going over the, the community hub for the Junior Blues where they were all picking up their packs and mm-hmm. they got different stuff going over there and they were trialling out. Um, I think next season the, the community team have got more of these inflatable things for kids to play with at the start of the game, which I've seen at a few away games I've been to the last mm-hmm. few years and I know that it was something that came up through Sports Parliament. So they were trialling those things out. The, the Power League pack pitches were open for a kick about the end yep. and we went on there and had a little kick about as well. And I, it was it was really good to be fair. I mean, it's, it's interesting what you say about the bus. I think my little two have been around here to talk to the granddad today and one of the first things they told you about was we got to go on the Shrewsbury Town bus yeah. because we see yeah. it going to yeah. and from games it's like this mythical vehicle mm. that you would never normally be allowed yeah. on and it's got TVs dad they've got four <laughs> sky remotes and it's and they've got a fridge and cooking area and they, they were so buzzing about that but um, yeah it was good it was good to go around the stadium and, and see you know everything it was, it was interesting to see that where does the one where's the one clip art line still exist in the stadium? Well, we just bought a few, but the one main one is like on the on the executive seats in Roland's. They're Box. embroidered on the like the, the, the fancy car seats, <laughs> so they need to change those over. But yeah. I guess only eight people a week get to see them. So it's not <laughs> it's that bad, not is it? Too bad, yeah. And um, and in talking about the signing session, one of the things I thought I'd reflect was yeah, it was good. There was a few of the guys were really chatty actually, but mm. one of the player that stood out to me is a really nice guy who had time for everybody. And it wasn't just talking to my two; mm. every sort of person and family that came along, he he had time. He, Asked him a question about the season or or something about what was going on. Like if someone had a new shirt, he was asking, yeah. I see you got the new shirt already. It was Ryan Giles. Yeah. He's only been in the door a few weeks. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and he seemed really engaged and and signed up to being what I think a Shrewsbury Town fan would like to see in a player. So mm. I'm pleased that he's had two reasonable games in his first pre-season games because he seems like a genuine guy and, and yeah. sort of person you want to wish the best to, really. Um, but it was interesting. I bumped into Brian and had a good chat with him, mm. uh, the CEO. Bumped into Sam and, and John Pitts as well from obviously having been to those meetings and, and sort of had a quick chat. And interestingly, John Pitts, when I told him he shouldn't let Rollins go out on loan, he said, that's good to hear. We take all our advice from the Salop cast. <laughs> I think he might have been joking. Yeah. But you never know, guys. So, um, yeah, it's good to meet everyone. And I say, for me, I just want to pass on, I think, on, on behalf of the fans, really, credit to the football club, Brian, and then everyone that helps with that, which is the supporters' parliament, yep. um, even all the other group representation representatives that were there. Roger and Mike, the supporters' liaison officers, were both there as well, and, and sort of bumped into them, and they were working hard. And I guess everyone that was involved in stewarding it and in the community team as well. And I think once again, you know, it's easy for us to probably go into the season now. If it doesn't go right, it'd be very hard on the club about certain things that might have gone on, particularly last season. But when something works and it goes well like that, and I came back thinking my kids are hooked in the yeah. season a little bit now. You can only give the football club credit, can't you, Dad? And I suppose, you know, you used to take us to things the, like that. The Dan, kids are excited when they come yeah. down today telling me about it. Well, the thing that's impressed me about this season, and not because my wife works for Shropshire Homes, but it's <laughs> the Shropshire Homes Away kit. Yes, what we have a fabulous, that. lovely coloured kit. I love it. It is. I might even get one myself. There you go. How much are they? Uh, I don't know. They're, they're like 40 quid normally. Oh, no, You're too I won't bother yeah. then. <laughs> <laughs> You'll wait till they are price. Well, well, that was one thing from the family day, is that they missed the. the, the the club shop shut at half two, yeah. While we were there, That's and they bad. missed you buying another kit, didn't they? Yeah, I was going to go and get my daughter a kit, and yeah, we came out in the last hour of it, and it was shut, unfortunately. But I believe it's because it normally shuts at that time, and they, yeah. they, I think I believe that the person that runs the club shop was actually away on holiday, which is a bit unfortunate. But okay. these things happen, you know, and, and I'm sure that I'll get feedback to make it better next year as well. So mm. um, Brian, Brian was really chuffed with it when I talked. He said, he said a lot of people went. He said over a thousand people were there Man, on a Saturday, great. and then obviously the next day we've sold the stadium out, so we've mm. had a bit of a bumper bumper weekend, I suspect. So yeah, credit credit to the football club for that. So I was I was left in a fairly good mood Saturday night looking forward to Shrewsbury Town Aston Villa today hmm. um, and our, our day was quite fun wasn't it we I mentioned this podcast week all three of us went in the Sovereign Club today yes. you've been in there quite a few times there haven't you, you yes, you're, you're more used to it but you've not been in ever before Mike no um, 
first of all, nice for him to let us through the door. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really nice. It was a nice atmosphere in there. Um, I think possibly it being a pre-season game, slightly different crowd in there. Yeah, so people busy. on, like, borrowed tickets and stuff. But everybody was having a drink and you could get a seat. They had the golf on, which was good. Yeah, ideal. Um, half the room was set for people who were paying for meals. Half the room was set for people who were just having just going yeah. to the match. But right. it, was, it was a really good atmosphere in there. It's very easy. You go in. You can get very quickly to your seat. The lovely cushioned seats are very comfortable. Yeah, they were nice. Um, we were really lucky that the sun wasn't out and the rain wasn't blowing in. It was, nope. it was a nicely overcast day, so it wasn't too bright. Um, because you always see more saluting in that stand, don't you? It when can the sun be very out. hot in the sun over there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I thought it was really good. Yeah, you can't knock it again. Um, it's exactly what I would have wanted from. I got a cup of coffee at half time. For a freebie. You, yeah. you can't complain for a freebie, Dad. Do you never look a gift horse in the mouth? No, you don't. It's a very good day. <laughs> is this is this podcast officially on the gravy train now? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm just trying to get, invited, out. get invited back next week. I don't think I'd be allowed in there permanently. Um, <laughs> but yes, then we obviously came out of there about five minutes before half, uh, sort of the kickoff, didn't we? And got our seats. Um, which is quite unusual for me. I normally like to be a bit earlier, but you, my, my brother here was watching the golf and he didn't want to yeah. leave until he'd seen the, 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 tea, the tea off of Lowry and uh, Fleetwood. Yeah. So we went out just before that and then had a look at the team really for the first time, which was, I'll run through it quickly. We were playing 5-3-2, same as Newport, and we started with a Lyrian goal, the back five of Love, Ebanks, Landau, Pierre, Roshan Williams and Giles. Three central midfielders of Vince Lott, Walker and the new lad McCormick. And then up front was Faye and Morrison again. Um, so similar to starting team to what we've seen at Ludlow, mm. really, which does start to make you think this is going to be the bones of what's going to start that first game of the season. Should also mention Morrison was skipper. Um, and then, so yeah, they lined up with Villa. Massively loud crowd, wasn't it, Dad? I mean, what do Very, you make of the atmosphere today? Pretty good atmosphere for a friendly, blimey. It yeah. was really good. Yeah. They packed out the end and the side. And so I could see somebody in my seat. I was giving him daggers. He didn't react. <laughs> well, the Villa fans at one point were chanting between the West Stand and the South yeah. Stand, which was quite good fun as well. And I think they obviously enjoyed their day in Shrewsbury as yeah. well. But um, yeah, I mean, as I said, going back to the team, Mike, I think we're not we're not far off, are we, with, with what we've got at the moment? Yeah, short of, uh, I think, another reinforcement in central midfield. Mm. Um, I think that's probably going to be it. Maybe Beckles might push his way in. Yeah, um, that last centre half spot between Beckles and, and Rochon looks like it's up for grabs. Yeah, possibly. Um, but I think everything else is pretty set. Unless uh, I don't know, um, Faye hasn't really blown the doors off in pre-season. If, if no. Udo gets a couple of goals in the game, but I think we're pretty much there. Um, I'm relatively happy with that, but I do think central midfield, which we'll come to. Yeah. Needs bolstering unless Dave gets you know more than twenty on when is it Tuesday night? Yeah, we've sort of got a sniff in the sovereign today that they're trying to get Edwards back for the start of the season, which is interesting, mm-hmm. and um, he's certainly going to get possibly some minutes on Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember which day it is now. Tuesday at Cheltenham, um, so maybe we'll see Dave Edwards actually play some football for the first time in a while. So if they can get him back for the start of the season, is he going to be fully fit? I don't know, but you certainly feel like you need him in there at the moment yeah. with what's going on. Um, and I don't, I don't, didn't hear anything about Lauren. There's been rumours that he might be fit for the start of the season, but I'd be, I'd be hugely worried about playing Vince Lott, Walker, and McCormack on the first day of the season. I'd, I think, it, I think Portsmouth would be rubbing their hands together if they saw that. But we'll have to see what happens. We're definitely going to play five three three anyway, so um, we'll need three central midfielders. But uh, yeah, I suppose the game comes to the game really. Um, I thought Town started okay. Uh, they sort of had their best of the sort of opening five eight minute exchanges. Um, few sort of openings there was a McCormack free kick that he did quite well with and then mm. Walker volleyed one over the bar but I think that was sort of the, the only two good chances that there were in that opening period Mike yeah we did start well I think um, I was I was pleased how we competed with Villa you know they looked a good side and it was it was their first team mm. um, but we we sort I think they were a bit surprised we kind of took the game to them a little bit and that, that opening exchange we were definitely on top um, but naturally we were going to you know give ground to them eventually and give the ball to them a bit more but no it was, it was promising early early exchanges and that McCormick dad you, you were impressed with the way he in, sort of tried to influence his game at the start didn't he he went sort of fine into tackles was chasing around yeah, and he, he was uh, 
getting stuck in, and I like that. I bet they're a better player. But uh, the, the trouble with that, uh, the start of the match, we had kind of a good start, <laughs> and uh, we did we did well. We competed, but within ten minutes, we'd gone yeah. back to our normal normal play, and we would retreat in. Uh, probably because they're a great side. Yeah, yeah. For, fair enough for, for a Premiership side, didn't they? Uh, and we retreated, and then. We were up against it all the time then, from then on. So, And we were talking about the midfield, to me, that's where it fell down yeah. again. It was that midfield. Yeah. that midfield went missing. But, I mean, it's, it's slightly harder to be as critical today as it was against Newport County because no. we were playing a League 2 team and a Premiership team and it was you know, possibly one of their close-to-first-choice starting teams as yeah. well uh, for the first half. Um, and so it's hard to be too hard on Vince Walker and, and, and the new lad um, McCormack as well. But certainly... It, 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 a lot of it's going to come to tactics as well because I, I've been looking online and looking at what people said about the game. I'm starting to see some negative feedback about five three two already. About does it no. leave us? Does it leave us too, uh, handy, too yeah. defended? Does it leave? Does it a defensive tactic? And it doesn't have to necessarily be a defensive tactic. If you look at what Sheffield United did, yeah, you've got to have the right players playing the right way. And I don't think you can. You don't think you can be uber attacking if you've got the three centre mids who are just not quite at it and you don't have someone to break them down. I don't yeah. know, is that harsh? My takeaway from the central midfield from the two games, so yeah. it's not just looking at one, is that in the first game, James Rowland looked like the best central midfielder. Yeah. First game he's played for us, a, a young pro against, you know, Brad Walker's not old, but Vince Lotz, he's got a bit of age on him, but Walker stood out. Then today, McCormick, he's been in the in the door since Thursday. Standout mm-hmm. best midfielder. Yeah, that's true. And so and so, it's definitely weak because the other two in there, you know, Vince a lot. He runs around a lot and he covers a lot of ground. He does a lot of pointing, but he's always <laughs> a couple of yards late to the ball. Yeah. And then Walker also seems to be a couple of yards late to the ball. And whether their their preseason is going to kick in two games time and actually they'll be up to speed and they're just a little bit behind on pre- I don't know, but they just they don't seem to be dominating. No. They're reactive. They're they're, they're, sort of, they're sort of looking for where the ball is as opposed to anticipating it and getting there first. Mm. Um, and that, that worries me a bit because the game's won or lost in the, in the, in the formation we're playing in central midfield because we've only got three in there against the four. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't well, work, it forces you to go to long, doesn't it? Which is yeah. one of the concerns. I don't care about the midfield at the moment. Last year, our defence was... I won't say what's for word. It was poor. <laughs> this year, I'm really enthusiastic about defence. Mm. They look solid. And you can build on that. Give a couple of games. Now, the midfields have come together, I think, eventually. Mm. I, I do believe what you're saying. I think we'll get another player in just to bolster it a bit more. But I think we'll be all right. Yeah. The, the defence looks rock solid. And, and of those three, Dad, you know, we obviously had Williams last year, but you really like the look of Ebanks Lendell. I know we were talking about it before. You Lend, know. Lendell is a good player, and I like the, um, the other one, Aaron Pierre. Isn't yes. It? I like yes. him too. They're the good players. But Lendell, particularly, has got yeah. really good he distribution. Looks, looks yeah. good. He seems a bit more like a, a Knight Percival type player, I was sort of thinking yeah. about mm-hmm. in these first two games. Um, whereas Pierre is a bit more of maybe a Toto yeah. you know, that, that's kind of my sort of benchmarks for them at the moment but they've probably got a bit more to their games to, to just mm. pigeonhole them in one but you like you like to compare them with a player you kind of know well them. yeah definitely and they're not me, panickers like my favourite player from last season that's, no. that's one thing <laughs> but when, when he was warming up today dad you were I tell you there's some blokes in front of us sort of <laughs> roaring in laughter and we should talk about Waterfall actually because we haven't really mentioned him I mean we mentioned him at the Ludlow game I think I might have mentioned it in my audio actually but it, it's, it, that figure of fun thing sort of continued a bit today yeah. it, no one talks about him in glowing terms and even at the open day, Mike, you didn't look like he wanted to be at the signing session. He was sort of had a thousand yard stare out into yeah, nowhere. I, feel, I felt a bit bad for him. Actually, yeah, it's a, it's a really? funny one because well, like, as a person, yeah, there were times last season where he's he put rubbish. three or four games together where he looked like a player, but then he'd just drop a mm, bollock every rip. now and again, and like he'd cover it with a goal. But you, you, I was never com- I, I was never comfortable with him at the no. back. And now you look at the centre half options in this squad. You've got Pierre, it's going to start every week. Mm. Ebanks Lendell going to start every week. Roshan or Beckles are going to start every week. So yeah. the other one 
is going to be the sub. He's fifth in the pecking order for exactly, a centre-half yeah. spot. He's miles down. I mean, he's a couple of injuries away from starting every week. Mm. But I'm not, you know, I, I think he's going to be peripheral this season. When last season, at times, he was captain. So that shows the improvement that we've made in that position. Yeah, and it's, it's harsh on him because maybe he could have played his way into some form. But we've definitely improved the players around him, the competition. Here's a question for you, then. Does Ricketts deserve credit for recognising Waterfall isn't all that and recruiting in an area to make him fit? Oh, course? Ricketts has, has, has he's sorted out the major problem we had last season. Centre-half. Yeah. He's sorted out brilliantly. Yeah. Um, he now needs to notice the midfield's a problem and sort that out. But he and could he, have sorted it out last year if he dropped drop Waterfall. Well, who for, though? You know, like, Sadler. Sadler, yeah. then. Uh, mm. yeah, he didn't want to play Sadler. Really. That's, that's a whole other ball game. But, you know, he was a defender, Sam Ricketts, and, and we've talked yeah. about the centre-backs, and it's probably a good point to be positive. We'll probably not talk about this game in terms of the details too much because it's just about learning, really, about these new players. But, mm. you know, we should really talk about Giles. I mean, he was really impressive at Ludlow. He continued yeah. that form today. Look, but also, Donald Love's, you know, first time we've sort of seen him two games. What do you make of Donald Love? I like Donald Love, yeah. Yeah, he was despite solid. what Sunderland fans think about him. Yeah, he looked a steady player today. Yeah, two games. Yeah, two games in pre-season, isn't it? But he's steady. He can work on his crossing a bit. He scuffs mm, it straight yeah. to the first man. But Giles on the other side, we're lucky to get him. I think he's a player. He's yeah, so he's quick. Player. His delivery. I mean, he's already taken all the set pieces. Mm. You know, a kid of his age come in and just say, "Yeah, I'm on that now. I'm doing that." Uh, his delivery from corners and crosses and. You know, had we been a bit sharper up front this these last couple of games, we'd have scored a couple of goals in them. His yeah. delivery's yeah. good. Yeah, a couple of times it just dropped in the box, and if there had been a decent strike in there, you, probably yeah. were, mm. you know, it was in space and it was it landed lovely. It sat up. Yeah. Somebody could have just volleyed that in if they'd but have been on their metal. He's also really good at winning the ball and defensively he covers well, and that pace gets him out of a few situations. So I think yeah, that's pretty sewn up. Goldborn's going to be a good understudy. I think that's yeah. a nice side that yeah. left side. Yeah, and, and you look at the other side. You know, Love looks like a solid enough player. Obviously, Sears out injured at the moment. You want to hope Love doesn't get injured in, in the you know first month mm. of the season so that Sears is in the backup. And you feel like that defense has got a nice bit of cover. We, we don't know how it's going to shake out, do we? But we'll probably leave the defense there because it just it just feels so good at the moment in yeah. terms of being able to. Rely on it, and with that good goalkeeper as a backup, that's that's yeah. problem solved. Let's yeah. look at those. I don't think we're going to be worried. gets fit this year. I've seen him last year at the back end. He could be a player that will get in the side and stay yeah. in it. Yeah, he's a good, he's player. A good the, player. The problem we had last season, we always we always had to score like two goals to get a point. Didn't we? Yeah. yeah, I think this season we're not going to struggle to keep. The, we're not going to concede a huge amount of goals. Mm. But from pre-season, the problem is the other end, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we'll run through the rest of the game as we go yeah. now, and we can probably talk about the other problems. But so, yeah, we said get you know from about ten fifteen minutes, Villa definitely got on chance, and they had some pretty glorious chances. To be honest with you, they had a, a shot that was cleared off the line by Pierre. I had a look at this actually. I, I didn't really kind of see what it was like at the time, but he did really well to clear that. Mm. I mean, I've just watched the highlights back a little bit, um, and he, he did fantastic there, and he made some other good, good challenges as the half went on. Um, and then, so I say they probably should have gone one and up. They missed a couple of really good chances, but we still created some chances towards the end of the half. Yeah. Um, Leary well, kept us in the first half. He did, to be fair, didn't he? Yeah. But Giles got down the wing, Two as, good saves. as Mike just mentioned, found Faye, and then Faye put a ball across, but it just evaded everyone for yeah. a tap in, which was a bit unfortunate. Then Faye had it a really good chance over. I think it was from a free kick. I can't quite remember that one. And then um, I think the best chance we had in the first half was we had a corner which McCormack was taking again, another lone player yeah. like Giles, who's decided he's taking all the set pieces now. And they're good. Um, they're and good. yeah, Ebanks, Ebanks, Landell should really have scored from the corner. He had a free yeah. header headed over. So it could easily have been one-one at half time. No one was probably okay. You're for forgetting us. the one where um, 
Aaron Pierre flicked it over his own head and had a volley. Oh, just on the edge good. of the box. That was a brilliant bit of movement. I, yeah. like, I like yeah. the look of Pierre. I mean, the, the other thing I was going to note about the defence actually, we didn't quite cover then, was that they've they seem to be playing a really high like when they the press, when yeah really high press in terms of a defence as well though, because any time a ball went into their strikers, they were right up them. They left them no space yeah. at all, and, and Harris has them. And you know, all three of those guys can rely on their physicality and, and ability to try and nick the ball back, and yeah. it worked a lot. They seem to not want to give the strikers a second touch. They're mm. getting one touch, not getting another one. They're yeah. getting a foot in. They're getting some pressure on hands in the back just to just to unsteady them and unbalance them and it and it does stop people turning at you and running at you yeah um so i think it's really good to be proactive as long as if they do miss the ball they can get back in and they've got pace to cover so i think it's, it's a mm. good way to approach it they were they missed the cover on um uh brad walker when he missed a header yeah there's nobody covering yeah they didn't react to that did they? it was a bit slow mm. thinking there mm. Uh, they, they, were, they were pushing up too much actually yeah possibly yeah. they've just been hanging a little they, bit i think there. they were set to anticipate him this is for when we conceded, wasn't it? Yeah, they were set half to half anticipate yeah. Walker to win the ball, yeah. and he got horribly under it. And then they were all a bit, a little bit too advanced, like you say. I think they're probably yeah. yeah. And they'll, they'll get that distance, and yeah. say when we get our proper midfielders in there, they'll and be who able to drops work. as well. Exactly, yeah. they'll work all that out, won't they? But yeah, I say half time. I say the only other thing that happened in the first half was old Grealish left a bit of a nasty one in on one of our players, <laughs> which yeah. he got booed for. And I think you know you might might be looking at a bloody red card there. But he got booked. Yeah, he got booked in a pre-season game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So so is that really? So yeah. We went back in, uh, had a cup of coffee, met our met, met a couple of people we knew in there, and then we did the typical prawn sandwich brigade. Something I'm not very proud of here. <laughs> we came out after the kit half had kicked off. I, yeah. I feel like I should apologise on behalf of this this family today that we, we let ourselves down. Okay, and we, we, we're sorry, but yeah, we missed the start of the first half by about a minute, didn't we? Eventually sat back down and noticed that Villa had basically changed their entire outfield team. Mm-hmm. Um, they were playing ten different new outfield players, but we haven't changed anyone. Again, given a little bit more thought about this yeah. is basically what we're going to be going with. So. Um, yeah, and, and it was an interesting start, really. Um, nothing really happened. To, I, I looked at the second half highlights and there wasn't really too much going on in the second half. They, as, because they changed their players so much and then as we made more changes, the game became quite low-key pre-season, didn't it? We got yeah. murmuring, there wasn't so much chanting and yeah. there was a few chances we can run through. But I think one of the more notable things that happened right at the start of the half was when Wally had come on, I think, 10 minutes in, he got put on up front. Yes. So we've not really talked about the strikers yet, and I think this is probably a good point to cover it, is that he came on up front ahead of Ado, which was interesting, yep. even though Ado had played pretty well at Ludlow. And to, do you feel, Dad, that maybe that's the position more than any he's going to play this season? Because we're not going to play with wingers. I hope not. I just, <laughs> I want, I want, if Ado's been bought as a centre-forward, let's have him on. Yeah, yeah. Get him on. Uh, Wally always been a winger, winger for me. Mm. He's quick on the wing and puts reasonable crosses in. Not, not always good, but reasonable. Yeah. So... Play him in this position. But we're not going to play with wingers, are yeah. we? How? So How? That's the problem. He'll have, to, he'll have to just kind of pick up the ball and run out and come back in, <laughs> won't he? <It's> <laughs> you could play him centre-half and he run out to the run wing. Run out yeah. that way with the ball, man. I, I'm, Beat I'm, somebody, take somebody on. But that's, I'm the opposite because he, he did that when he came on. He was... He was dropping a bit deeper and collecting it deeper and running at defenders, which they don't like, and it will create... They'll draw defenders and create space for Morrison. And I think they brought Wally on for Faye... Because the the alternate for Morrison is going, another physical direct strike is going to be Udo. I think yeah, yeah. I think that those two will swap and Faye and one other at the moment it's Wally or it's Issa, but, isn't it? But Wally cannot shoot on the run. He's Wally not... can run and cross, yeah. but he cannot root, run and shoot. Wait, and he's no good at it. Yeah. When's he last last scored from out? Yeah, I think from he, a shot he, scored, from he scored one at Bristol Bristol Rovers away last year, but I'm not sure where he scored one, and that was maybe. 
I don't know, look, think if I'm trying to think back, maybe that was just after Christmas sometime, I'm not too sure. But So if he's expecting to pick balls no, up on the edge of the box, he's not there. I don't think Wally would be that. clinical enough to play playing up front no. every week, and I can't see that happening, because as I say, when we bring that other number nine in, yeah. he'll get knocked down that Well, as you say, the jury's out, isn't it? Because you don't know how, how Wally reacts to uh, a dropping ball in the box and just an uh, just instinctive finish. That's what strikers mm-hmm. do, and, and wingers don't do that. They'll, they'll rather take a touch and try and, try and keep the ball... You're right, Wally running in and shooting, but he's always coming from a wider angle, isn't he? He's always coming from a from a obtuse angle. If he's more central, he might have more joy. But you, you can't know until you're playing in there. But he no. certainly made he certainly made things happen when he came on today. Oh, there yeah. were a couple of touches where he got away from a man and he was cutting the ball back across. It, it, we were a bit more incisive with him up front there, creating problems. But whether that was because an experienced League One player came on against essentially Villa's youth team, you know, I don't know really. You you said though today, Mike, when we were sitting there and you saw Sean Wally starting to warm up, I bet he's regretting signing that two year deal. Oh, so yeah, yeah. You must think that he's a problem for us now, isn't he? Because yeah. with the formation we're going to play, he he doesn't fit into doesn't it fit. anywhere. He's one of the best players at the club. Yeah, and that's the. And we're not right. playing a formation to play him. So it's crazy. So Ricketts has got to get him in there somewhere. He's clearly going to want to play because mm. he's coming towards the end of his career and he wants to get match minutes. He clearly likes the club, or you know, probably loves the club and wants to play more for us. He's, he's kind of, we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. We've got a great player. We can't fit into the current system. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see what happens this season. And the reason I mentioned Wally there was that, what I say, one of those first moments that happened in the first half was he came on, he got onto a, a through ball, latched onto it lovely, took a nice first touch, it went around the keeper, and the keeper just wiped him out. Oh, yeah, yeah. He probably would have knocked that in, yeah. And again, then, league yeah. game, that's a red card. Yeah. And oh, Wally stays on his feet and scores. So, you know, we did have some really good chances to actually get a goal. He could be a problem for Ricketts. Because if we keep not, not scoring and, and mm. not creating... The, the less he plays, the more people will call for him to play. 100%. And he will become a, an issue where they'll, they'll start questioning Ricketts' judgment because Wally's not in the team. Why is, he, why is he playing a system that doesn't play our best player? It's going to become an issue. It could be this year's, it could be last year's equivalent of Matt Sadler. Exactly. When the defence was crap, everyone asked where Sadler was. If and everybody score, loves Sadler and everybody loves yeah, Wally. So I agree, yeah. it, could, it could be an but issue. But he's never been prolific, Wally. No, but so how can people complain because about Because they're going to say, well, you should play a different system to get Wally in the team because 10 assistants... But even if you play a different system, he's not <laughs> prolific and he wouldn't score the goals. But he's creative. There, are, the, there the aren't many wingers, if you'd actually look at the stats, who score 10 and assist yeah, 10 a season. True. And he's consistent on that. He's not a 30-goal a season, but he's not a striker. So. No, I think it's the fact that people would say, we're not scoring goals, where's the creativity... We don't have a John Nolan at the moment, do we? No. You know that McCormack might be that player. We'll need yeah. to see. But you know that the one player in that squad now that can break a team down and run at them and beat them is Wally. Yeah. Yeah. And we aren't going to probably be playing him all that much. And, and that brings us to a more rounded chat about the strikers, really, because we've seen Morrison in two games now and we've seen Faye. And for me, that's something where we might just want to... It's not a major concern, but they don't seem to have clicked quite yet. They've no. played quite a few minutes with each other. You normally think a big bloke, little bloke works... Morrison wins a couple of headers, but Faye didn't seem to read any of them in the last two no, games at all. Um, and I don't know whether... And, and Faye didn't really play with a big bloke at all during his period where he was quite good, I suppose. No. So he's almost having to learn a kind of new role as that second sh- shadow striker to the big man. You know, we need that to click pretty urgently, don't we? Because otherwise, again, that's going to hamper us scoring goals there. M- M- Morrison's professional. You yes. can see him winning the ball quite often. And nobody was around him, to be honest. No. Nobody picked the loose balls up. He had some lovely headers into the box a couple of times, dropped... Dropped and there's no defender near it. Just mm. dropped into open space. So you know they got to start reading him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just it. training. He's a, he's a real throwback, though, isn't he, Morrison? He oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's big man knocked down uh, and wait for somebody to feed off it. And it's quite funny to see it because you don't see it at all anymore. You don't see no. footballers like that. He's more. He's a bit of a dying breed. Um, but yeah, hopefully him and Faye playing a bit more start to read the situations. But there were a few odd times where we'd have the ball at the back under no pressure mm. and play the long ball. To Faye, yeah, trying to get him yeah. to knock it down. To, I don't know. It was a bit switched Faye's around. Faye's been quiet. Faye's been very quiet, quiet, and we can't. I mean, I'm not going to write Faye off after being quiet in two preseason yeah. games because 
you know, he went on that amazing run last season where his goals, goals, goals. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that'll come again. But you know, hopefully, it's not, there's no long niggling injury there because he got knocked halfway through the. He got quite a lot of kicks there actually, yeah. and then he did get subbed off with what looked like a niggle. Maybe it wasn't anything serious. So fingers crossed, he, he comes into form when it kicks off properly. But yeah, it was just an observation really on the strikers. Um, they looked to me to this year to have a bit more meat on his bones. Yeah, that's and true. He, and he, he looked a bit stockier, and I don't think he'll be knocked off the ball so much as he was last good. year. Good. Okay. So I think he doesn't. <laughs> Oh, he still, still looks like a stick in stick. He's wiry, that kid. <laughs> oh, man. But again, he, you know, given time, he could grow into yeah, it. Another winger with no wing to play on, though, isn't he? Yeah, it's yeah. true. Where's he play? Where's he play? I see Issa going out on loan. Yeah. I can't see him being here when it all kicks off, but we'll find out, won't we? Um, I suppose it's just worth running through the rest of the game, really. I mean, we, yeah, we went 1 0 down. Um, as I say, it was Walker that got caught under a long ball. Mm. Um, just he, he had ages to measure his header, and he just jumped really, really early, got under it sort of flicked it back I think a Villa player collected it and then knocked it into Hogan's path and he, he yeah. squeezed it through O'Leary's legs um, O'Leary kind of came out to try and close the angle down it was a bit unfortunate it went straight through his legs and yeah, yeah. Back. so unlucky I suppose he but he'd made so many saves in the game that you couldn't really yeah. begrudge him that I suppose um, and then as I say the rest of the game just petered out to me I, I can't really remember too many major moments um, there was one moment right towards the end of the game where we could have gone two all down where they had a chance and um, I think it was Ebanks Lendl came sort of Round the oh, side great, of the player, oh, great save tackle. in tackle. Yeah, because they totally yeah. took the keeper out. They yes. crossed the ball and then they'll like bent his leg oh, in brilliant. three places to get round the striker and poked it away. Sort of thing Goldson yeah. used to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, it was, and so that just worth mentioning because that was sort of one of the last bits of good play, really. And then our oh, flags came on as well. And it was a bit of a case of everyone running around chasing the ball, and it became a bit of a training game for the last ten minutes. So yeah, that that was it really in terms of the game. So. Everyone's a bit worried. As I say, Mike's mentioned it a few times. We haven't scored, and we've lost all our preseason games so far. <laughs> um, but obviously, we go to Cheltenham now with a chance to, to rectify that. But it seems um, our next game, which is on Tuesday against Cheltenham, we're going to be playing probably more of the young lads, Waterfall, Issa, because they've just these other guys have played back to back now, and I think yep. it's a chance to give the other guys a rest. So I don't see us playing our first choice team at Cheltenham, um, which will be interesting to see how it goes. But yeah, I, I guess that's it. I mean, that's that's it for the action this week. Um, in terms of in terms of it, it was a good, good day at the football. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah. But um, it was good. I suppose the best way to wrap this off really is I'm not going to get a chance to catch up with you two on the podcast for for a few weeks now. I mean, um, we mentioned on the podcast that we're taking a break next week because um, of holidays and stuff, and then we'll be back for the for the start of the season. Um, and you've kind of touched on it a little bit, I suppose, in terms of where you think we should recruit and stuff. But just in general, you've you've been reasonably positive, but you've also flagged up negatives. You know, if I asked you now where that's where the team is now with our injury injured players as well mm. across the course of the season, now you've seen what that team's coming together. Where would you be anticipating that we should be finishing in the league with that team? Above halfway, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think defence is solid and that will carry us through. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just hoping they'll get somebody in midfield and perhaps somebody else up front because mm. we're lightweight there again. Again, the last five seasons up front, <laughs> lightweight. Oh, dear. All, all, all for a Grant Holt, Dad. That's what we want. Oh, that's what we want, yeah. Um, but I don't know, are you, that, are you that positive about it? You know, because think about back to last season where we had the ASCII team coming together. Yeah. Opening day, didn't look very good. You yeah. had said then, oh my, right, we've got trouble here. Yeah. You're not thinking that now. We, well, what we've done is we've built a solid foundation. Like I said earlier, we won't concede a huge amount of goals. Mm. Um, and the issue comes scoring goals. Now, if you think back to the Paul Hurst team, mm. we didn't concede hardly any goals. Correct. We didn't score a huge amount of goals. No. We scored enough goals at the right times to win 1 0 here and there. So if we can get that sort of rhythm going, that's what, we want. Yeah. Th- that's what you want. It's like Dad says, like we've both said, mm. another body in central midfield. Somebody with a bit of experience, a bit of know-how would be good. Another striker who knows how to put the ball in the net and, and read flick-ons and read crosses. That would be if, if that was the remaining recruitment we did, I think that we'd be set for you know, just below mid-table, I think. Okay. I don't think we're going to trouble the players again, but I think this no. is a building season for Ricketts. He signed a lot of people on multi-year deals. So this is the year where we reset expectations and we 
remain we're we're safe early yeah we don't trouble the players but we're safe next year push for playoffs year and that's how you build I think this year that's gonna be I think thing. that's a fair summary and probably a good place to leave tonight because I think that it, there is this, despite losing two games in a row there is the signs of positivity that probably yeah. weren't there last season we're yeah. not talking about starting a Doug Loft you know Ugh. some of the other players that we had that were playing at the start of last season I think you signs of Bill Ricky Town now I know yeah there, there are signs of positivity I think that, you know it's 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 pre-season you know a lot, there are lots of things to be worked out kinks to be worked out and we can't be overly critical but hopefully that's as I said tonight's podcast has given everybody a chance that didn't get to go to any of these pre-season games um, a, a bit of an idea of where we're at really and on what these new players are like and maybe a bit of a feeling for, for what, what we could be heading towards so yes thanks to my brother and my dad for joining me again on the podcast we shall have I'd you I'd just like to say oh hello the Welsh are coming are the, team, the team has is, is got a nice backbone of Welsh players <laughs> at last there we go dad's, dad's part of the Welsh match the Scots <laughs> there we go um, ok the Welsh are coming let's leave yeah. it at that thanks for listening everybody and we will catch you in two weeks oh.